As you're turning to Psalm 40, let me inform the congregation that our senior pastor's theme song has already been selected. It was a great challenge when first coming to the church staff to pick out ringtones for every member. Of course, the uh, Secretary Kane was the easiest one to pick out. Her nickname is Radar, and so the theme for MASH sounds every time she calls. And uh, our senior pastor, you know, Captain O'Captain, how, how, do, I, how do I distinguish him? Um, it's the Star Trek movie theme song. Very rousing music, and I get visions of William Shatner every time and uh, Jean-Luc Picard every time I'm with him. And, and so I try as often as I can to answer by saying, yes, Captain. <laughs> Psalm 40, a wonderful portion of God's Word, very parallel to the passage that we saw sometime previously, Psalm 39. Here it's to the choir director, a Psalm of David. And the psalm raises a very profound theological question for us, which is this. Why, why in the world do we have gray hair? Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we ask that you would open your word to us, that you would bless us through it, for we know you have given it by inspiration of your Holy Spirit, to be a comfort and an encouragement to your people. Lord, we need comforting. We need encouraging. Help us to lift our eyes to heaven by your grace. And we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 40 to the choir master, a psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie, You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I've told of the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I've not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I've not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. 
My iniquities have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who sneak, seek to snatch my life away. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Ah, ah, but may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. Amen. May God bless that reading of His Word to our hearts and lives. Well, Psalm 40 is a psalm which faces us squarely with the question, why do we have gray hair? As we'll see in a moment, uh, there is a reference to experience in the Lord, not just a sign of aging, but a symbol of experience and expertise in life. It's a melody about the honored estate of one who has walked long with the Lord through difficult terrain and has found him to be a blessing. This psalm teaches us that past mercies ground our present trust in the Lord. Past mercies ground our present trust in Him. Well, David wrote that this psalm. It tells us that in the opening little caliphant section. A psalm of David. It's written to the choir master. This is meant to be sung. And it's been sung by God's people down through the ages. David first testifies in the opening ten verses that the Lord has been gracious to him in the past. And what an encouragement that is. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. David is singing to us of the importance of waiting on God with full confidence because of how he has dealt with us in the past. He was waiting patiently for the Lord and, and testifying to the people of God that he had done so. And that God, on whom he had waited, had been faithful to his word, had kept his covenant pattern and promises, had held out mercy and deliverance to him, Time and time again in past experience, patiently he waited. For you see, his heavenly Father is your heavenly Father and mine, and he is all wise. And he knows that it is not a bad thing for us periodically to wait and to learn to be patient for his rescue and his mercies. You know, young ladies, if some fellow pulls up outside the house and Honks the car horn, don't you dare go outside. You be patient. And you wait. And you make him come to the door and request. And he has to get through your father and his shotgun first. <laughs> oh, the Lord made David wait. I waited patiently for the Lord and he heard me. He heard my cry. 
He did rescue me, is David's testimony to us. And he goes on and says that this testimony is not just some remembrance of the past. It's a new song that he has to sing. He put a new song in my mouth, verse 3. A song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. What's this new song? Is it from the Beatles? No. It's not even from the monkeys. This particular song is one that is ancient but yet new because it's from of old, from our perspective, but in David's life it was a new thing. God delivered him. God blessed him and rescued him. And so God put a new song in his mouth like this song that he could sing and extol the virtues of God and that many could hear and come to love the Lord and trust him with their whole heart. You know, it's no small thing for us to be given one of those openings, one of those divine appointments and opportunities where we cannot just kind of abstractly talk about God, but we have an opportunity to be heard and we can speak personally of of how He has been a blessing in our life and and brought forgiveness and and brought joy where there was sorrow and and happiness and peace in, in heart and life and home. Oh, David is singing before the great congregation this new song that the Lord had given him and it's there so that others can sing along as well and they too can grow in their confidence and in their walk with God. The Lord lifted up his, heart's and, his heart and did great wonders for him. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after the lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell them, yet they are more than can be told. This is very similar to how you feel When you're young, oh, when you're in love, you can write one little poem or sonnet after another, can't you? Extolling the virtues of your beloved and how wonderful and and how great and and how uh, delightful he or she is uh, to be in their presence. David here is speaking in such emotive and effective terms of Our Heavenly Father. What a great and glorious God He is. Repeatedly He has been rescued by His Lord. His wondrous deeds, that is the wondrous deeds that God has done for Him and in His life are too many to number. He can sing verse after verse and that doesn't exhaust the well of God's mercies in His life. And David here testifies that He responds with obedience rather than just with outward ritual and even outward religious form. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me, I delight to do your will. O my God, your law is within my heart. David in his song, is testifying of the fact that to obey is better than sacrifice. You remember that old song? To obey is better than sacrifice. I don't need your money. 
I want your life. And if you can't come to me every day, then don't bother coming at all. David had a, a better rhyme and voice and rhythm than I have, but he does he not minister to our soul here that the Lord's mercies are not just formal and outward. It's not just uh, taking a certain specified sacrifice off to a religious ceremony. It's a relationship with Him. It's a, it's a wonderful blessing of God that He transforms our hearts and our lives. He forgives us of our sin. He draws us into His presence for assurance and comfort. Oh, in our thinking, in our singing and speaking and our doing, David is reminding us, God should be praised before men. And David sets the example for us. He continues in his song to proclaim the goodness of the Lord. In verse 9 he says, I've told of the glad news of deliverance. It's a great congregation. Behold, I've not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I've not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I've spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I've not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. O David, proclaim the goodness of the Lord. He's bouncing off of a previous verse which specifies four of the kinds of sacrifices in the Old Testament. And what he's doing is giving here something of a summary and doxological response to God's goodness. David's point is that all of the Old Testament sacrifices are not the issue per se in and of themselves. We're not saved by the blood of bulls and goats. We're saved by Jesus Christ. We're saved by the beloved Son of the Father. We're saved by the One who can take away sin permanently, the once for all sacrifice and mediator. And so this is why God gives us gray hairs as we grow old. As a blazing testimony and a reminder to His goodness and to His grace in our lives, we have a song to sing. We have stories to tell. We have truth and faithfulness of our God to declare before the great congregation to everyone who will listen. We're not to grumble and complain. We're not to turn inward as our experience grows with the Lord. But rather we are to point to heaven. We are point to point the way of, to the way of salvation. To life in Him alone. In whom is our hope. Sometimes trouble swirls all around us. And it's just at those moments where the believer who has walked long, long and faithfully with the faithful God can then stand up and say to us all, yes, we have trouble. Yes, there's distress on every hand. But let me tell you about the time I faced something similar to this years ago. And the Lord was faithful to His promises. You see, there's a responsibility within the whole body of Christ for us to minister and encourage one to another. And if you have had experience with the Lord, if you can testify to His goodness in your life, 
uh, to the application of His grace, to the way that He has delivered you from threatening ones, and He has had your lines in His good time fall in pleasant places, then you have some gray hairs too. And you can stand up and give witness to your Heavenly Father and to His mercy and grace in your life. Oh, the Lord has rescued us repeatedly. And that's the basis on which David turns and prays for the fresh mercy of God. In verse 11, he affirms that the Lord is faithful. He says he, he is the one who has steadfast love, covenant love, His chesed, His loving kindness. He does not abandon His people, but He always sticks with them and cares for them and doesn't let them go. Yes, in verse 12 he tells us that evils encompass us. Evil can be on every hand. Enemies surrounding us, but the Lord is good. And the Lord is great. And He is faithful to His Word. Oh, David can cry out in verses 13, 14, and 15 to His heavenly Father to deliver Him. And even as he prays for deliverance, he knows in his heart that the Lord will certainly not abandon him because he has always preserved his soul. Oh, the Lord. The Lord is the one that the, ones, that the devoted proclaim. The Lord is the one who we turn to when we are weak, but He is strong. David, under inspiration of the Spirit, composed this song, and he sang it before the congregation. And our Lord Jesus sang it too. Did not our Lord testify to the goodness and greatness of His heavenly Father? Did He not teach it to the multitudes in Galilee by the Sea of Galilee? Did He not proclaim the goodness of His heavenly Father who gives the bread of life from heaven, and meets our every need. He learned to sing this psalm as a child. At his mother's knee, he learned to memorize these words that he might sing them in the great congregation with the Lord's people. And as an adult, he learned to live these truths. Jesus Christ, the Son of God incarnate, the one who never for one moment turned his eyes or face away from the will and purposes of his heavenly Father. Incarnate, he lived in a broken and fallen world. Incarnate, he found himself the object of misunderstanding and alienation and hatred and violence. As the incarnate one, the religious leaders of the day who should have been concerned to nurture and encourage and to accept and recognize who he was and the mission his father had sent him on. Their hand was against him. They saw him as an enemy and a threat. And they wanted to put him to death. And so they did in the father's good time. Oh, Jesus Jesus sang this psalm in the congregation. He too could sing, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up 
from the bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He came and took on flesh and dwelt among us and so identified with God's fallen and broken people. He came and lived a perfect life, but yet He did so for us and for our salvation. And so His steps of righteousness were not just for Himself. They were an obedience, yes, but a representative obedience for His people that we might have credited to our account before God all of His goodness and greatness. Offering and sacrifice were not required of Him, of His heavenly Father per se. He was perfect and is perfect even now. But having identified with us, having come as our mediator, having volunteered to play such a painful and difficult role, He was born of a woman, born under the law. And so He marched through His whole life to Calvary's tree. His active obedience, doing what we never could, And as He offered Himself for our sins, in His passive obedience, securing our forgiveness by expiating and propitiating the wrath of God. Oh, Jesus knew that His heavenly Father was faithful. He always had been and always would be. And so He knew as He marched towards the cross that He would be merciful And He would be kind to Him. He would be a Father to Him even through the very end. For past the shadow of Calvary lay the glorious open tomb with the stone rolled away. After the pains of nails and a crown of thorns, mocking and shame lay the glorious triumph of His vindication even His justification in that right sense, that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so our Lord Jesus, whose name was truly the one and only name written in the the scroll, and that one name represents all the other names that are there as well. They find their place in His book only because they are His. Oh, He, surrounded by evil men who had encompassed Him beyond number, who had overtaken Him, and He who found His human heart failing, failing even in Gethsemane, where He simply said, not My will, but Thy will be done. He found ultimate deliverance from His heavenly Father. The Lord delivered him after he was put to shame, after he was broken for our salvation. Jesus was resurrected and raised up on high that all might know and see that he indeed was the Holy One of God. And we sing this psalm too. If we are united to him by faith and by the Spirit, If we know Him and love Him with our whole hearts, then this psalm is not just His, it's also ours. And so we take it upon our lips and we can testify to one another 
about the goodness and grace of God, His faithfulness into our lives. I need to hear your song. I need to hear your story and you need to hear mine. We need to encourage one another with stories and recounts of the way that God has been faithful to us all through the years. Young and old. Newly converted and and those that have walked with the Lord for donkey's years, as it were. It is a great and a glorious thing to have true Christian fellowship together in mutual encouragement and the grace and goodness of God because that past goodness of our Heavenly Father is the ground on which we stand as we face the future challenges together. We don't live our Christian lives in isolation. We live them in the midst of what David calls the great congregation. And so we need to announce the glad and good news of all that the Lord has done for us one to another as a congregation and fellowship together. God's covenant faithfulness is something that we all need to hear of that as we face new challenges and our service in His kingdom in the days ahead, we will find and be reassured that certainly He will be faithful in the end. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank You that Your Word is so practical that You care not just for how we think, but even how we feel. You cheer us up. You give us hope and encouragement and assurance. And You use us in one another's lives for the same. Oh God, may we be a part of Your great congregation. And may we extol your faithfulness and goodness and mercy that we might face the day together. And we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand for the benediction. May the love of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.